Hi, I'm Keith, and this is my dad, Kerwin. Welcome to Father and Son, a Star Wars podcast. Thank you for joining us on this episode. We are reviewing chapter three of the book of Boba Fett called The Streets of Mos Espa. All right. And this is a spoiler review. So we hope you've seen it. If you have not, go ahead and check it out and then come back and we'll discuss. All right. We pick up at Boba's palace where ADA is explaining how the territory has been distributed among uh, some of the the, the heads of the families. So we have sections that are divided between the Trandoshans, the Aqualish, and the Platoonians, right? All right. And then he gets a visit, Boba Fett gets a visit from Lorth Appeal. Yeah. Right? Lorth Appeal is a watermonger who we have not seen before, but he claims a gang of youths is stealing his water inventory. So Fett and Shad meet with the youths who are half human, half Bashide, very overdressed group of youths with expensive looking bikes. They look very wealthy. I mean, you have to have a lot of money to be buying so many cybernetic parts and they have them installed because all of them have something. But, and they also have four speeder bikes, each a different color. So, not sure they're that poor. <laughs> well, because if they're stealing water, you'd think they'd have enough money for like anything else. Yeah, well, um, let's talk about Moss Espa. So we have Boba and Fennec walking through the streets of Moss Espa at night. As a matter of fact, I uh, just want to say how beautiful Moss Espa looks at night. Okay. And like you say, they come uh, to this group of youth, uh, you know, a gang of youths. Um, yeah, the something street gang, as well, Wikipedia calls them. Okay, right. And they're just out in the street, and they're standing next to their bike, and apparently they've stolen some water from this broker, this person who uh, makes a living selling yeah. water to the moisture farmers. Peel. Right. And um, yes, you're right. They do, they don't look like they're from Tatooine. Yeah, I mean, if you look at this photo, and this photo, I'm pretty sure you can see how wealthy they look. And this photo. Right. You know, it's, yeah, they look like they're from out of town. I don't think they're from Tatooine. Yeah. Right. They, you know, they're, like you said, they're, they're, they're very overdressed. Um, and they don't look like they need money so what so yeah. what they're saying is um you know boba's you know asking them you know why are you stealing the water <laughs> and they claim that the the broker is charging too much for the water um and apparently they're looking for work but they can't find work or there's no work in tatooine so what does boba do he hires them to work yeah. for him but i'll tell you what i think happened to them yeah they probably came from some other planet right and the planet was occupied by the empire at that time so 
they probably were like, okay, let's leave. But by then they already had all those cybernetic parts installed. So they leave and then maybe their ship crashed on Tatooine because I'm not really sure anybody would willingly travel there. But yeah, they they go to Tatooine and then they end up there because the credits they use on that planet or whatever currency they have may not work on Tatooine. So it broke. Well, one of the things that I'm, you know, little confused about with Boba, he doesn't really know this group of of, of, of bikers. Yeah, because he hires them on the spot. Right. And, you know, it would have been nice if he might have, you know, if he would have done some more due diligence on them. Like, how does he know he can trust them? Because if they're stealing the water, right? How did he know that they're not going to rob him? Because he's in that back to check for like half of the episode. Well, yeah. So they would steal something while he's in the back to tank. Well, yes, because he's in the back to tank, and Fedek Shand is wherever. Yeah, they can literally rob him, and there's no way that he would know, Mm -hmm. or Fedek Shand would know. Yeah, because but then again, it would have been really awesome if he leaves the street game there, and then there's this fight with Black Crescenton that happens later on in the episode. And they show up just in time to save him. Like yes. one of those dramatic entrances. Okay. All right. Well, I'm wondering if they're stealing water now, how do we know that they haven't stolen the bikes that they're riding or they stolen the clothes? Like the clothes that they're wearing are probably could belong to somebody else. Yeah. One of them looks like they're wearing something imperial. No, in a bit, sort of like what Krennic wears. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that, but that's yeah, the other guy on the uh, yeah, he was wearing bike. like an off-white color, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He rode. Don't remember which color it was. Yellow. The yellow speeder bike. Okay. Now, um, if you look at the scene, you know when you when when Boba approaches them, there are seven of these, you know, yeah, biker gangs, right? Seven of them, right? But there's only four bikes. Yeah. So I wonder what happened to the other three. I guess they decided, well, you know, I don't want to work for this crime lord, so I'm going home. I'm just going to walk from here, you know. Or maybe they took the uh, Mos Espa Uber uh, to get home. <laughs> anyway. So there's 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 just too many Ubers now. Right. So there's only four bikes. So four of them joined Boba. Yeah. yeah. But it it looked like they were some of them had to have extra people riding their bikes. Because how is it that you trans that you can transport yourself, but three of the people have to walk? No, I, I mean, I by just, then you could just all walk. Yeah, you know, I, I, that was a joke. You know that you know we there were only four bikes and seven people, yeah. so you know three. But that may to, be where they live. Yeah. All right. Well, then let's move on to. Uh, yeah, let's get out. Okay. Let's. let's well, it, it turns out that you know, like we said, Boba, you know, decided that he was going to have uh, these these biker people work for, work for him okay and uh the the uh the the, the water salesman was asking for 1300 credits boba paid him off with 500 and said take it or leave it and he did all right well then we move on to and, and by the way going back to the the bikers we only know two of the oh, names boy. right drash One, is drash is the uh, girl who yes. we thought was dr afra but isn't and uh scat is <laughs> 
is is the uh, the other guy with the monocle thing? Yes. Okay. All right. So <laughs> that's trash and scat. Okay. So let's move on. Um, and we're back in the back to tank, and there's that flashback. All right. So we're back during the time of the Tuscan Raiders, and Boba is writing uh, the. Um, the uh, bantha. The, the bantha, like yes, a bantha. Yeah, right. He's writing the bantha, and he's writing it through uh, Moss Eisley, looking yeah. for the the pikes. Yeah, right? and he actually happens to uh, not run into her, but Peli Motto actually crosses the street, mm-hmm. like on the other side, right, with the pit droids. Yes. Right. So Fett pays a visit to the pikes and asks for the credits that he's owed as protection from the Tuscans, mm-hmm. but. <clears throat> the Pike leader tells Boba Fett that he refute that his uh, superiors on Obadiah refuse to pay protection to two different gangs. Mm. So they've already paid the Kid Ted Striders. We uh now we have a name to put to them. They were that biker gang we saw in the first two episodes. Right, they were the ones that vandalized one of the uh, townspeople, one of the moisture farmers, and the people Boba Fett beat up. Right, when that was in last week's episode when Boba yeah, went to the bar, cantina. the cantina. Right, exactly. Right, so they're still around. Okay, all right, and you know, like you said, uh, there is an issue. There, you know, the Pike seems to be paying protection to two different organizations, and Boba says, "I'll take care of it." Boba leaves. He has back to the, the the Tuscan tribe, and then we see, unfortunately, yeah, the village has just been decimated. Yeah, and most of the uh, Tuscan raiders are gone, mm. but we don't know. Some of them have escaped because if you go on the fandom, the fandom tells you it doesn't say explicitly that the child or the warrior didn't make it out. So we don't know their fate. And there may be some other Tuscan Raiders who made it away. Yeah. But yeah, the village is up in flames. That Kinted Striders logo is pasted all over. And the chief is lying on the ground. Mm. Yay. Mm. So Boba Fett performs a ritual. He uh, burns their sticks and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he leaves on his um bantha. Right, yeah. right, right. But so then look. he like literally he uh he goes back to the present and he cannot even get out of the back to take before Black Chrysanthemum literally rips him out of the thing and throws him onto the floor. So it just breaks into this very weird fight between them. With the Wookiee completely overpowering Boba Fett because he has no gear on or anything. But um, then the uh, the biker gang comes in and saves him. So they fight the they fight Black Chrysanthemum. And then the Gamorreans come in and put him in shackles. So at least Boba Fett's safe. Yes. Because it's, it's only episode three, people. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That was an awesome fight, actually. It was a surprise. All of a sudden, you see the tank open and the water is pouring out, and there's Black Crescenton, like you say, um, trying to, you know, take the life out of Boba Fett. But you're right. Uh, he was saved. The the, uh, the the four bikers came in. Uh, Fennec came in and at the last minute. You know, 
the palace is a big place. You know, I was wondering myself why it took Fennec so long to get there, but the palace is very huge and she might've been in a room all the way over to the other side of the palace. And, you know, once she heard a commotion it took her time to get to, you know, get to the, th- you know, get to that little, uh, oh. the, the throne. I have a reason actually. Why do you think she took so long to get there? Well, if you think about it, the biker gang and Boba Fett are using melee weapons, their fists. But Fennec Shed is a blaster. So if she came in there to fight Black Crusade, it'd be over quick. So I think they're trying to save him for something else. That's a good point. Okay. All right. So, right. If she saw Black Crusade, you're saying that she could just, just fire on the spot. And then. Well, you know, sometimes even if you fire at a at a Wookiee, it doesn't necessarily take them down, right? It might injure them. But still. Yeah. Okay. But he managed to to be standing on the spot right underneath them is the pit. And Fennec comes in and presses the button. He falls right into the, the Rancor pit, although there's no Rancor there at the time. And yeah. they keep him locked there overnight. So mm-hmm. once morning comes they're paid a visit from the twins from the previous episode. Yes. They say that they're returning to Nalhada and they don't want any war anymore since it's bad for business. So Boba Fett offers them Black Crescent back, but the the Huts don't want him. So they give him back to Boba and tell him to sell them to the the pit fighters or whatever. Right, right. He used to be a gladiator, right? Yes, mm-hmm. so the huts depart, and Boba Fett lets Black Crescent free, which mm-hmm. is really controversial. I don't know why he would let a criminal run in the streets, because Black Crescent is, he's nothing like Chewbacca. He's not a passive walkie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you do anything to him, then he'll be mad at you. Right. And he will come find you. Yeah, he's very dangerous. Now, yeah. and he has like electric brass knuckles. Yes, that was cool. Yeah, we've got to mention that he does have the the brass knuckles. Now, you're right. <laughs> Boba maybe should have kept him a little bit longer, and maybe try to convince uh, Black Crescenton to actually work for him. Because but that would be cool. I, I think that's what Boba needs. He needs someone um, who is. He needs commanding presence. Right. He has, right. He needs somebody with, uh, with power behind them, you know, some, you know, like a henchman. Yeah. He needs um, somebody intimidating. Someone with muscles, you know, who could take care of, you know, take care of people. Like how when Jabba had Boba, Boba was always standing right by him. Right. So that was like the commanding presence there. Right. Right. Yeah. So he could have used Chrysanthemum as a security guard. Yeah. Because. Gamorians are sort of slow. Hmm. They can't run that fast because they're short. Yeah, well, they're loyal. You know, they 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 yeah. did the best they could to try to save Boba. Um, but they're still there. They're hanging in there. Now, one thing that we didn't mention when the twins showed up, they did admit that they were the ones who hired Chrysanthemum yeah. to wipe out Boba. I guess right? they figured they got nothing to lose because they're retreating anyway. Right. Um, and then, like you said, um, they gave him a tribute, and the tribute was a rancor. Yes. Right, a rancor. Yes. So we have a new rancor yeah. back at the palace with a trainer. All right. Played by Danny Trejo, who is a 
very famous character actor. He has been in many of Robert Rodriguez's films. Robert Rodriguez is, is the director of this episode. Uh, so it was. Of course he is. Yeah. So it was wonderful to see him. And he just fits right in, you know, as his trainer. And I like the scene where he's talking to Boba and he's talking about <laughs> um, how to connect with the Rancor. And um, and I just like that connection that Boba's trying to make with the Rancor, you know, like talking to him and petting him. Yeah. And he offered to ride the Rancor at some point. So he wants a trainer to teach him to ride the Rancor. And he also, uh, he finds out that the Rancor imprints on the first person it sees. And I'll take it from here. So... 88 comes in and spoils the moment by saying that the mayor, the mayor is like booked for the next 20 days. Yeah. And then Bobo Fett's like, we're not waiting for an appointment. Let's go. So they go up with the speeder bike gang behind them and they go in and the major domo, um, he opens the door and says he'll talk to the mayor and, and see what he can do. But he locks the door so Fennec Shad has to open it and he's gone. So they rush out the front door and tell the speed of my game to get him. And the mayor's major double just has the worst expression on his face. Like, if you look at the speed of my game, they're all straight face. Meanwhile, he, he looks crazy. <laughs> Yeah. It's really nutty. Like he he's driving his land speeder, but he has no idea how to control it. And he's just all over the place and he's just knocking things over yeah. through the streets. And he's just making a mess of everything, trying. <laughs> this is the worst escape I've ever seen. But it was uh yeah, it was because it was comical. Like even Darth Vader has a cool way of escaping from yeah. places. Yeah. Like he just disappears. Yeah. And then we see him in the next movie. But this was just, I think that was meant for comic relief because I've never seen anybody run from somebody in a manner like that. Yeah. And didn't get very far and he got captured. Yeah, he got he got about three minutes away from the place yeah. and then he crashes into a market stall. Not even one, but probably like 15. And then if you look at the street gang, they know what they're doing with their speeder bikes. Like, they're doing all these slide moves and jumping from place to place. Literally, uh, Drash does this move where she goes up a ramp, jumps off of it, and then hits the side of the land speeder that sends it flying into those market stalls, which was awesome. And then just Boba Fett just asks him, like, where is he? Where's the mayor? And he, there's just no resistance. The major double is just like, he's working with the pikes. I give up. He just gives up the information, you know, the mayor. Yeah, right? he wasn't like the night wind. It took a little bit of scaring to get the information right, out of him. Right. Mark Shaiz, right, is working for the Pikes. Yep. All right. And then the next scene, we see a cruiser landing. Yep. And it's the Pikes. They arrive on a Starliner. And I think it was at Anchorhead because that's where you can get transportation on and off Tatooine. And what do they plan on doing? Right. Now, when they were they landed, you know, you saw them getting off the ramp and uh, Scad is there watching them. Right. Yeah. And he reports back to Boba. Yep. So he lets Boba know what they're doing. Right. And then Boba Fett declares they're going to war. So are we. That's right. And the episode ends. That's it. All right. 
very interesting episode. You know, yeah. I, I, I mean, I was a little worried when I saw Boba Fett that back to tank and I saw the flashbacks again because, like, we need to just go back to the main storyline. But this was actually like nine and a half out of ten. I like this episode. All right. Very good. Yeah, I agree with you. I thought we were done at least. If we're going to have flashbacks, then we're going to have a flashback of a different period in his life. Yeah, and you know Not what? go back to the Tuscan Raiders. I think we're done with the flashbacks because now that we've ended, ended mm-hmm. the arc, like with the Kenton Striders destroying the Tuscan Raider camp, I think we're good to go back to the present because the Pikes, the Kenton Striders, the mayor... They're, they're all interconnected somehow. Yes. And Crimson Dawn is probably behind it. I still believe Crimson Dawn. Let's is be still... real. All roads lead to Crimson Dawn. That's what I'm thinking. I, I'm, I'm 100% agreeing with you. I think Crimson Dawn is still pulling the strings. I think the pikes are working for Crimson Dawn. I still think we can see them, um, but we don't know. And again, um, I am not too sure about this young biker, biker gang. Um, again, Boba should have done his, you know, he should have, yeah, he should have done some investigation before hiring them. I don't know if these yeah. are people he can trust. I mean, when, when, you're, yeah. when you go on LinkedIn trying to hire people, you don't just go for a walk and, and then go into shop and be like, you know, I think I need to get some apples. And then as you're in the apple aisle, you walk past this guy and say, hey, I'm going to hire you as he's in the process of stuffing apples into a duffel bag i think that's a very good example right you know you because that makes sense yeah yeah i i think boba should have asked some more questions (laughs) before hiring these 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 bikers so we'll see what happens you know um it may not end the way we think it will which is in chaos yeah we'll we'll see what happens you know again i'm i'm fully vested in this series so i'm waiting for chapter four and then we will be back to review that right Yep. Okay. Anything else we want to cover on chapter three? No. Okay. All right. I think this is pretty good. Where can people find us? Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, Amazon Music, Audible, Spotify. I said Spotify. Uh, Pandora or wherever you get your podcast. All right. And we are on YouTube. Please subscribe if you have not done so already. Spread the word. Let people know about our uh, podcast and uh, like our episodes on YouTube. And you can also leave a review or a comment on Apple and any of the other streaming services where you can leave a review. All right. Those reviews are very important to us. So, yeah, it lets us know what we're doing. And in the comments, Please feel free to let us know what we can do next for episodes. All right. And um, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. That is it. All right. So thank you again for joining us on our spoiler review of chapter three. Until next time, take care and we will see you again.